This week on the Tech on Tap podcast, we talk with Mesosphere about the launch of DCOS, an open source operating system created specifically for the data center. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi, Glenn Sizemore, and Sully the Monster. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi and sitting next to me is... Not Glenn Sizemore. Not Glenn Sizemore. Where is Glenn? Glenn is at a customer meeting. Oh, customers. Like, they're important. A little bit. Okay, they're, yeah, yeah right. Way more important than this. I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> so, we have Andrew Sullivan here instead. And I am happy to be here. He is. He's usually here, but now he's, like, taking the, the seat of Glenn. I didn't realize there was a pecking order. There is. All right, cool. <laughs> there is. It's it's all it's all relative to height, I think. Yeah. Well, and more importantly, microphone loudness. Glenn tends to be. Uh, yeah. Very loud. That's really what it's about: the positioning of the microphones. Mm. Um, who you just heard over here is uh, no stranger to the podcast, Garrett Mueller. Is that did I say that right? Yeah, that's good. Hey, everybody. It's, uh, Garrett, what do you do here? I'm a technical director. Um, I run the uh, what we call the Barnacle Team, which is our containers focused team. Within NetApp, among other things, any SpongeBob stuff there? No, but that would be no, awesome. We have we have awesome. talked about it. It's good. Yeah, we do have we have we do have some uh, call outs to like cool names. Like uh, Project Nemo is one of the things we're working on, and that is uh, I can't tell you anything about it, but it is a uh, you know either the Pixar character, but not the Pixar character because we can't do that. So it's definitely just Captain Nemo. It's very interesting, Garrett. Yeah. Story, <laughs> bro. Probably should get, get rid of that whole thing. That's okay. We'll probably, <laughs> we'll, we'll probably keep that in there. We like to sound, like, make you sound like an idiot. I know. All right. Also sitting in the studio today, uh, Brian Naylor. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself, Brian? Yeah, I'm an engineer here at NetApp. I've uh, spent a lot of time working on uh, data on tap and more recently have been working uh, on the Barnacle team, do pretty much whatever Garrett tells me to do. There you go. Man, it sounds so draconian. <laughs> I love it. He, he rules with an iron fist. <laughs> On the phone today, we have three special guests from Mesosphere, and something happened this week with Mesosphere, and they'll tell us a little bit about it later. Um, but let's start off with Kirsten. Kirsten, tell us uh, your name, full name, and, and what you do at Mesosphere. I'm Kirsten Gaffney, and I'm Senior Manager of Events. I handle all of our speaking engagements, meetups, hack days, anything that relates to events. All right. And also on the phone, Aaron Williams. Hello, hello, Aaron Williams. I'm head of advocacy here at Mesosphere, so do a lot of work uh, reaching out to developer communities and also open source communities. And I understand you have someone else in the room with you? Hi, my name is Courtney Gannon. Um, I am a partner manager here uh, on the marketing side at Mesosphere. Hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> We're very awkward. We don't know how to talk to girls. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Yeah, imagine how we feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there's so many of you in this industry. <laughs> Let's make this whole podcast a microcosm of tech women in the tech. That's, That's right. good. Good idea, Justin. I, I, I like to I like to <laughs> wrap things up into small little bundles for everyone to understand. It really, I, my listeners can relate. I'm sure. I just got out of a diversity session. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're trained. Okay. Obviously, we are not. 
Okay, so something very important and special happened for Mesosphere this week. Uh, Aaron or Kirsten or somebody, would you like to tell us a little bit about what happened this week and why this is such a, sure. a momentous event for you? Sure, sure. So, and, and to be clear, it's not even just Mesosphere. It's actually uh, a community full of companies, including NetApp, our good friends at NetApp. So um, this is about the launch of an open source uh, community around um, a, a collection of open source projects we call it DCOS, the Data Center Operating System. Um, there's about 30 different open source projects that we've put under this umbrella uh, that helps us um, run a data center. It's everything you need to be able to get your data center up and running. And it's based off of a product that Mesosphere has had uh, in, the, in the market now for a little more than a year. Um, and what we've done, though, is just taken the open source pieces of that product, broken it out into a separate open source project now, so that we can work with uh, a really diverse and, and vibrant community uh, to make that product even better. Awesome. So uh, DCOS, can you tell us a little bit about it? Like give us a 101 about what it is and like what, what sort of background, like what sort of infrastructure is involved? Sure. So, so let's step in the Wayback Machine to start with. Um, we'll, we'll go back and I'll give a little bit of the history of kind of where it came from because I think that'll help to explain kind of what it is. Um, you, you could think it kind of started with Apache Mesos, which is a project um, founded by a couple of our founders, actually, a long time ago. Um, uh, and the Apache Mesos is designed to take a, a set of resources, uh, pull them together, and then make those resources available uh, as if they were a single machine. So imagine a 1,000 you know, or 10,000-node cluster being able to pool the resources, the memory, the CPU, um, et cetera, into a single pool and then offer that out so that applications and other things can run on top of it. And so, you know, Mesos is, is great at what it does. It's so good. Uh, it's used by, you know, really big companies to do really, to solve really big problems. So Apple and Yelp and others are using this on a daily basis. But what you quickly find if you deploy Mesos into your cluster is that it's, it's insufficient. It does a great job of managing resources, but you actually need a bunch of other things to make it easy to get your application into that pool of resources. So that's where other open source projects like Marathon and Kronos and uh, Zookeeper come along to help you manage uh, that, that pool of resources. And so what DCOS is, is it's a collection of open source projects that we've brought together that we think take Mesos and turn it into something uh, that you can use to actually run the entire data center. Everything you need to take a 10,000 node cluster uh, and be able to plug applications into it very easily. So Garrett and, and Brian, right, we specifically asked you guys to come in because, well, one, uh, Garrett, as, as the leader of sort of our containers integration amongst other things, right? We wanted to get your perspective on, so what does this mean from a, a larger, you know, next generation application perspective? And then Brian, you're, you're our Mesosphere, our, our DCOS expert in-house. So we'd love to get your perspective and, and thoughts on where all this is going, what it all means, uh, particularly to us as an IT organization, as well as to our customers. Sure. So I'll start. Um, as, as far as what this means for NetApp, I think uh, everybody's realizing that uh, more and more, it's the it's the applications, or maybe forever. That's this has always been the case. It's the applications that matter, and this is a great platform for running applications, especially distributed applications, and actually being able to scale them up and down and things like that. Um, there are requirements these applications have that fit right into our wheelhouse, right? Things that like persistence and whatnot. Um, 
we are always trying to figure out ways to be able to uh, give our customers the ability to take advantage of these 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 frameworks in order to provide everything their application needs. And a big piece of that for us, of course, is going to be storage, right? And so uh, a big part of what we want to be able to do and what we've been doing with uh, through this partnership is uh, you know, evolving our capabilities in line with what uh, DCOS can do so that we can marry the two together. Uh, and in fact, earlier this week, we announced, uh, a, a, just before the, the, the launch of uh, DCOS itself, we, we, we announced our NetApp official Docker volume plugin. And that's available now on GitHub. Uh, Andrew wrote a great blog post about it, so I'm, you know, firing it right back at him. But, but basically, um, uh, we've, we 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 have uh, already been doing some work with that. I'll let Brian talk about that a bit a bit more in, in detail about what we've been doing. But it's all part of a strategy to make sure that our customers have what they need in all these different environments. I'm gonna have to protest a little bit at the word expert because I'm still quite new at uh, DCOS. And can you spell it? I can spell. You're it. an expert. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, but yeah, I've been exploring. Uh, you know the the whole setup of DCOS, the current version, and um, trying to integrate it with our brand new shiny uh, NetApp uh, Docker Volume plugin, and it is actually really cool when you you know deploy a new Docker image to Docker Hub and then throw you know throw it at Marathon and everything just starts working and the storage gets provisioned and it just works. It's that that's really cool, and that I saw that for the first time I think this week. So yeah, I think it's really a testament right to one how applications are maturing. Uh, you know, seeing this new generation of resource frameworks, right? As you said before, Aaron, right? Mesos itself is just, it's a, a resource scheduling framework. Hey, I've got these resources available. What do you want me to run with them? And where that really becomes powerful is once you layer on top something like, you know, the DCOS. Um, taking into account, right, things like storage. You know, I was looking at uh, several of the surveys. Docker did release their survey this week, right, and, and all of that other stuff. And always one of the biggest concerns is how do we handle persistence, right? How does the application handle persistence? So, uh, so Aaron and company over there, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts, right, find out more about, you know, how are, how are people using the DCOS? When is it appropriate? When, you know, if I'm a customer, if I'm a listener, right, when would I consider using the DCOS? And how is it different than, say, you know, a standard uh, a containerized application deployment, you know, maybe Kubernetes yeah. or, or Docker Swarm. And uh, arguably, how is it different than virtualization, right? How yeah, sure. So so it's a great question. Look, you know, DCOS is um, designed to be more than just a container orchestrator. Container orchestration is an important piece of what makes a modern app. So we know we have to be able to take uh, microservices in containers, we know we have to be able to run them uh, effectively in a full production environment. So this isn't about running it in a small cluster, it's about being able to run it in the largest clusters. And we use Marathon as our orchestrator for doing that within DCOS. Uh, so no problem with you know Docker uh, definitions of containers, that's very easy for us to manage. You just drop it into uh, Marathon and away it goes. But I think what we've seen just in the last maybe year or, or a little bit longer is that the definition of what a modern application is has expanded beyond just containers. Uh, containers are a great place to start for your code, but what about all the frameworks that you need to be able to actually manage uh, those, uh, all the data now that's involved, uh, for instance, in a modern application? Take a look at Spark as an example. Uh, you know, this is a, a data processing engine, uh, really great at being able to crunch data, perfect for big data, perfect for IoT. Uh, this is the kind of framework that you need alongside your containers to be able to run these these kinds of modern apps. 
And this is why our customers and why I think the community now is rallying around this idea of an operating system. Uh, having containers is great, but you, you also need the ability to layer on these frameworks and have the flexibility to accept whatever the next great framework is that comes down the pipe and easily get that installed across your entire data center. Uh, we heard early on uh, from folks that were trying to get Spark and some of these other frameworks up and running uh, how painful it can be sometimes uh, to it, just get it installed and just get it running across a large cluster. With DCOS, we, we literally have the ability now with one click through our uh, universe you know, app store for the data center, as well as through the command line with a single command uh, to install those really complex frameworks into your entire data center and then run those alongside uh, your containers. So you're not choosing kind of one or the other, you're, you're doing them both within the same environment, both uh, running on top of uh, DCOS. You know how you know you're old? Is when uh -oh. somebody says Spark and you think Solaris. <laughs> I'm like Solaris Spark. That's awesome. Not, not really. Not at all. Not the same thing. No, no, no not at all. Yeah. So uh, at the beginning of that, you kind of mentioned something that's that's really interesting, right? And that's microservices. And yep. you know, I, I think that there is a, a substantial misunderstanding, um, particularly amongst, and I, I I hate to use this term, legacy administration admi administrator or legacy application administrators. Right, and that microservices have this perception that, well, I'm just taking my application and I'm breaking it into these really tiny pieces that I can just spread out all over the place. But that's not necessarily the case, right? Can, can you elaborate or can you give a, a, a good definition of that for us? <laughs> yeah, and I, I think you're right about sort of microservices meaning different things to different folks. Um, certainly, you know, I think in the simplest case, it can be just a matter of breaking an application down into smaller pieces. That's a not a bad way to start when you're coming at it from a, a legacy perspective, at least in our experience. Uh, but I think as you start to get more sophisticated uh, with these microservices, we work with customers like Netflix, for instance, which I think do a very good job of not just breaking the application down, but um, understanding how those different pieces then can be distributed across a very large data center. Um, there is more sophistication. There is more complexity there once you get to that next level. But you know, I don't know that it's not such a bad idea, especially when you're first starting out, coming at it from a legacy perspective, to just think about it in terms of how can I do a better job of encapsulating these different this different functionality within my uh, within my large, usually monolithic applications. So that's it's an interesting take, right? And and like you said, right, everybody has, or I guess depending on your perspective, there's different uh, definitions of microservices. I like to say the same thing about DevOps. You'll never encounter two people with the same definition of DevOps. That's for sure. <laughs> so from from Mesosphere perspective, the the open sourcing DCOS is a pretty substantial move, right? Is and I I equate this to similar to how Red Hat operates in you know providing additional services, right, and providing uh, support and et cetera on top of the product. So how does is is that true? Is that the the model that you're pursuing here? Yeah, it's, it's a good analogy. I mean, I think the, the reality is it doesn't change who Mesosphere is as a company. We've, we've always been an enterprise software company selling enterprise software licenses to, you know, generally the Fortune 1000. And that's not going to change. We're going to remain a company that sells enterprise uh, software licenses. But uh, I think what it does is it gives us kind of this new on-ramp uh, to a, a, a this new data center world, this, this ability to create modern apps on top of these new data centers. And so, you know, in that sense, we're really trying to use this as, a, as an adoption uh, play, an ability to get more people using this same set of technologies. 
it, it always kind of blew us away when we would go in to talk to folks that were adopting Mesos and we'd look at the stack that they had built, how often they were reinventing that same wheel. And, and that's what really frankly frustrated us was we, we were surprised to see how often companies were having to go and recreate this and spending frankly time and energy having to rebuild uh, these stacks of open source software. And so, you know, when we talked to Microsoft, for instance, last year uh, about they, they were interested in using DCOS as the underpinning for their Azure Container Service. Um, and that conversation started with, hey, you know, Microsoft said, we're thinking about making our stack look a little bit like this. And we were like, please, please don't go redefine another stack. <laughs> please, please work with us on this stack. And so it became a pretty easy choice for us in terms of, you know, if we split this out, if we tease out um, the different pieces of our uh, product, have the open source pieces all part of an open source project, have the proprietary pieces, the, the enterprise focused pieces uh, be part of something that you can purchase and run on top of that open source platform, uh, everybody ends up winning. The customers end up winning, the partners have a, a better way to engage with this platform. Uh, it just ends up being, uh, being a win for everybody. So which are the, uh, I guess the, the right way to start would be which what are the pieces of the entire DCOS? And then which are the pieces that are, are open source, right? What's that delta? Yeah, sure. So so the the reality is um, that it's, it's 32, I think, open source packages that are under this umbrella. So there's a lot of different pieces there. Uh, if you go to dcos.io, you can get a quick link into the GitHub. You can go and troll it for yourself. Uh, there's There's a lot of different parts. Uh, the big parts are the ones we've already talked about. So Mesos as the underlying um, uh, resource manager, Marathon as the orchestration engine, uh, Kronos as the short-running sort of cron job um, orchestration engine. Uh, and then, you know, the rest of it is uh, there's um, uh, load balancing and there's um, networking and there's other, you know, individual pieces. The, the goal here is we want you to be able to have everything you need in a 100% open source package to be able to manage your data center. And I think, I think we've done that. I think in terms of what ends up then on the proprietary side, these are um, products that Mesosphere has already announced. So it's things like our Velocity product, and which is designed for CICD, um, our Infinity product, product which is designed for uh, big data. And essentially what we're doing is we're giving the Fortune 1000 everything they need to check all the boxes that they need to check in order to go into production. So it's not as though we're, we're sort of holding anything back. Uh, we know uh, customers that are using uh, DCOS, the open source solution, uh, to run very large clusters and, and run them in production. So there's, there's, no, there's nothing in the software that prevents that from happening. But you know, if you're a bank, you're gonna need things like compliance, you're gonna need things like advanced security. Uh, these are the kind of features that we offer as uh, within the proprietary product. Um, and you know, the open source product is completely open source. So we're looking for community involvement in deciding where that goes and how it gets managed. Yeah, and I remember from late last year, there was a, a number of demos that you guys put out around things like, I think one of them was spinning up something like 50,000 containers in just a couple of yeah. minutes. And yeah. so are, are the applications that are part of that, right, you know, we, the, the, the DCOS is thought of, or, or a, the analogy, typical analogy is it's like a, a CPU that you can schedule threads, schedule tasks against, you know, so Cassandra nodes, uh, Spark jobs, uh, Hadoop jobs, et cetera. Are, are those applications a part of this open source package? Yeah, well, so, so a part of is an interesting way to put it. So DCOS itself doesn't necessarily include those um, sort of in the distribution. 
uh, which is appropriate. We don't want to sort of give a bunch of people bloatware for things they don't need. But then on top of DCOS, we have what we call the universe. Um, if you, you can go find it in the um, UI, you can actually get to it from the CLI as well. The universe then has all of these additional packages or frameworks that you can install on top of DCOS with all of that kind of functionality. Uh, I think there's 20 some uh, packages that are available at launch. Uh, we're working with just a ton of partners though to get their packages in there as well. Um, our, our customers have, have affectionately referred to this as the app store for their data center. Uh, there's a lot of reasons where, where that analogy uh, breaks down, but I think from the standpoint of being able to discover and install with a single click the kinds of frameworks that you need uh, to run on top of your data center to make your applications work, uh, it definitely serves that purpose. So, you know, you mentioned Spark, um, Cassandra, Kafka, all um, Hadoop, all those those packages are available out of the gate, uh, as well as, you know, we had more than 60 partners join us in this launch for DCOS. So that's why I keep saying, you know, it's, it's not a Mesosphere launch. It's really a community launch with a, a bunch of innovators behind us. And so there's probably a dozen companies within that group of launch partners that have deployed their packages into uh, the, the universe as well, and probably a dozen more that'll have them up uh, very soon. Yeah, I've used it rather briefly, and uh, the App Store is a great analogy for it. It's the first thing I thought of. It looks very similar. Uh, anybody would be familiar with it when they first saw it. Well, it's, it's particularly fantastic, right? If I'm an app application guy, right? I, I don't want to have to worry about how to set up, how to install, how to manage right, Hadoop or Spark, right? I want to concentrate on what my application is actually doing, right? The thing that makes my application special. So having all of those things pre-built, available through, you know, the, through the universe, through effectively an app store, makes it super easy, right? It makes it just that much easier to consume all of those resources. And yeah, and, and you're deploying those things all into the same cluster, too, on top of sort of a single platform. I think that was the other thing that we that surprised us when we were talking with customers last year was how often they would we were spinning up completely separate environments for each of these frameworks because of the pain of actually getting them up and running. What we want to do is share all those resources, make it so that you're not wasting resources on one part of your cluster because it's being underutilized by a specific framework. Let's make sure that we can pool those resources and use them most effectively. Let uh, let the system handle that challenge. So, are, are so you're seeing? Are you seeing customers that are replacing effectively virtualization farms with, you know, a DCOS deployment? Sure, and I, I think you know this is these are customers that over the course of the last year and a half have been using the Mesosphere product to do that. Um, now that we're happily launched with the open source project, we're going to see more folks. Uh, doing that with the open source uh, platform as well as, as a you know even as a starting point even if you you know it's just the place to get part of your your data center squared away part of it running on uh, top of this standard platform uh, we're seeing a lot of interest in doing that we had I think eight uh, companies involved in out of the 60 in the launch uh, that we categorized as users these were people that were actually taking DCOS and putting it to use and giving us really good feedback on what needed to be there and how uh, it needed to be uh, packaged. So, you know, these were companies like Autodesk and Verizon, uh, Yelp as well, uh, really actively involved in helping us do this. And I think that's that's one of the things that is is relatively unique about this open source project is how much we've got um, people involved to our end users as opposed to, if this isn't just a, a bunch of technology companies coming together to put logos on a page, uh, we're really trying to get a DCOS that is very functional and very usable uh, in those environments. 
And and so I'm I'm an old school operations guy who sometimes masquerades as a, uh, a pseudo developer. I'm going to be honest. I, I have no business developing things. So, <laughs> you, you know, I, I look at that and hear, you know, there's you know, there's substantial operational gains to be made. You know, uh, virtualization is not lightweight. Virtualization requires a, a non inconsequential amount of handholding and overhead and you know, if you're if you're deploying your application, you know, if you have a quote unquote cloud native application and deploying it through virtualization, oftentimes there's the overhead of, you know, a configuration management platform that that's right. You know, frequently containers at least may, they may not eliminate that, right? The concept of of the DCOS, it doesn't eliminate that, but it can alleviate a, a pretty substantial part of it. Yeah, and it's it's interesting um, how it it can change the way that conversation happens. I, I think, you know, um, when, what we see is instead of um, instead of sort of alleviating all of that pain, as you say, what it does is it just makes it so that you can have a smaller group of people involved in helping to solve smaller problems. Um, it it creates sort of this abstraction that makes it really useful, so that the application developers are just focused on getting their applications developed into containers and deploying out into that pool of resources. The DevOps folks are responsible then for making sure that that pool of resources stays fully, um, uh, that stays full, makes it always available. And that that still has a you know an underlying set of problems to it. How are you going to deploy it? Where are you going to deploy it? Cloud, hybrid, et cetera. But by, by providing this kind of, um, this layer of abstraction between those two problems, uh, the, the customers that we talk to say it really makes it so much easier for them uh, to solve those two problems in two separate conversations instead of trying to solve it all at once. Um, I can't tell you how often uh, we're, we're talking with, um, with folks that are, are using DCOS and they'll say, um, you know, I've, I've had the application developers banging on my door for the last year telling me containers, <laughs> containers, containers, containers. How do I do this? How do I actually take a first step at deploying containers and making it available to them? Um, and now, you know, with DCOS, we, we're, we've created something that we think is the easiest way to deploy those containers into production. You can get a DCOS cluster up and running in less than 10 minutes on your favorite cloud, and then away you go. Uh, provide the mechanism for your container and your app developers to drop those containers into Marathon and get them running. Um, and uh, it's just that easy. I, I think it's I think it's fantastic. Um, so I do have a question, you know, uh, Oftentimes, you know, when when I talk with customers, right, when I go out and talk with people, right, they'll ask, you know, well, what are the what are the container orchestration frameworks? And, you know, most of the time when we talk to people, they hear Swarm, they hear Kubernetes, and they hear Mesos, which I always twitch a little bit because Mesos isn't a container orchestration <laughs> framework. Right? Thank but, you. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I'd love to hear, you know, your perspective on Marathon and, you know, uh, Aside from you know, Marathon is your project, right? You know, why why choose Marathon over over any of the other frameworks? Sure, and and so two things on that. One, you know, um, our project, meaning the community's project. Again, I'm I'm going to harp on that only because we want to make sure that that it's clear, um, sort of who's who's working on Marathon. It's an Apache project, um, of course. Mesosphere loves Marathon. We're actively involved in it. We have a number of committers on it, but um, we're we're happy that it's that it's an open source project that is really being adopted uh, much broader than just in the DCOS. Um, but and I think your your point about where the comparison happens is exactly right. So um, you know it's it's the comparison between Marathon and and Swarm and Kubernetes as opposed to Mesos or DCOS being part of that conversation because. Mesos is, is is managing the resources, and DCOS is providing a much larger 
set of capabilities. You need a container orchestrator, of course, uh, but we just think you need a lot more than that. So if you just focus on the sort of difference between Marathon, uh, Mesos, and, or sorry, Marathon, Kubernetes, and Docker Swarm, I think the biggest difference we see is frankly uh, in the production grade uh, or the, the, the quality of what kinds of workloads are being used on top of those platforms today. When we look at uh, the customers that are running uh, Mesos with Marathon, uh, we see customers that are using this at very large scale in full production uh, clusters, running uh, you know, really mission critical applications on top of it uh, and have been doing so for years. And so I think that's the, the biggest differentiator. Now, you know, if I say, well, but then I, I still say that that only solves part of your problem because I don't think that just being great at container orchestration is the end goal. I think you need more than that. And that's really why we say, you know, Mesos Marathon, great combination, great if all you really want to do is is orchestrate containers. But we certainly think and we, we see in the modern apps that are being deployed today uh, a lot more than that, a lot more complexity. So can you can you describe one of those, you know, more complex applications, some of the requirements that are driving those features that are being seen or, or that are integrated into DCOS? Yeah, so let me answer that question uh, with a couple different answers, actually. So maybe first I'll talk a little bit about a, a demo application that we built. Um, if there are folks out there that want to see kind of how this works, they can go um, and we'll provide the link to the GitHub uh, repo where they can play around with it for themselves. What we did was we took um, a pile of data from the city of Chicago. It's a bunch of crime statistics um, over the over a time series. Um, and we use that data then um, in to, to crunch the numbers and provide two looks at what that data is. One is kind of a real-time look, so you can see how the, the, the crime actually happens over time. And the second is uh, a visualization, uh, sort of a heat map of where the crime is happening across the city. So the reason that that uh, example is interesting uh, is because uh, that data is both uh, easy to digest. So you can see how we set up a pipeline of data from raw data to Kafka into Spark, how we crunch that data then and push it out in those two different directions to be able to get a real time uh, look at what the data is and to be able to get sort of the the offline look or the, the map data. Uh, this This gives you a sense of why having containers plus these frameworks is so powerful. Uh, the first part of that uh, demo or tutorial walks you through how to get your cluster set up to be able to do this kind of data crunching. Uh, step one, install DCOS across your cluster. Step two, install the uh, frameworks on top. So in this case, again, we're doing uh, Kafka and Spark as the, uh, as the two frameworks. Um, and then take the containers that we've built, deploy those on top, and you can see then how the data actually gets crunched and turned into those two different visualizations. Um, so, like I said, I think that's a, just a, a good example and one that you can kind of get your hands around for why um, a platform like DCOS uh, is, is such, a, uh, such a powerful thing. The second example, which um, I'll point you to a blog post um, that was written by Autodesk, one of the uh, founding and launch partners of DCOS. Um, they wrote about their use of the platform over the course of the past year. Um, they have been working with uh, Mesosphere for a while, and they took an open source version of this, got it up and running inside their production cloud, and then started running some comparisons, some sort of A-B tests, if you will, against their their uh, old infrastructure. And the numbers that came out of those tests were pretty telling. Um, it was, a, a first of all, a 66% a 60 reduction in the AWS instances that they had, 
primarily because by bringing all those workloads together, uh, they let the system do the hard work of optimizing uh, the use of those resources. So once you get Mesos doing its its job and doing it effectively, uh, you really don't have that kind of waste of, uh, of, uh, of power, of nodes. Second was, um, I think, the, uh, a 40 second time to deploy a new build uh, with zero downtime. So that ability for them to scale up, scale down, that ability for them to be able to run their containers at any scale they chose um, and to be able to do it really at, at the drop of a hat uh, was an important aspect of, of why having this DCOS in place was valuable. And then last but not least, you know, I'll just point out that the total resources they needed then to manage this cluster was one person. Uh, and this is a large cluster. This is not a small cluster. It spans three regions. It's, it's you know, a large set of, uh, of nodes. And the reason that's important is because, as I was talking about before, that separation of responsibility, when you get the team really focused on having to do one problem and do it well, uh, they can be much more effective. And that's where this sort of one DevOps engineer to keep this cluster up and running. Uh, and then, of course, get as many people as you can back to being focused on developing the things that really differentiate your business. This cluster is not differentiating Autodesk's business, but the applications that are written on top of it um, and the, the way they put those frameworks together does differentiate their business. And that's where they wanted to get as many people focused as they could. Yeah, that, that really talks to uh, one of my personal crusades over the last two and a half years since I joined NetApp, which is, you know, uh, IT shouldn't be doing IT for the sake of IT, right? We we exist in order to benefit the business. And, you know, it's not necessarily cost cutting, but it is efficiency. It is, you know, returning value back to the business through the, the infrastructure, through the technology that we're implementing and using every day. That's exactly it. And and getting folks like, look, everybody, everybody wants to be in, wants to innovate. Right. So that when you have folks that are just doing things that are kind of reinventing that wheel that aren't really focused on helping uh, to do anything new. You know, what we always tell these partners is, please come get these folks involved in the open source side of the project and help us make this even better. Uh, let's get folks, you know, it focused in investing in that direction as opposed to trying and uh, to go and, and get things running in their own direction inside their data center. Yeah, and you know one of the one of the other uh, I won't say crusade, but one of the other things that I've been advocating for a long time is exactly that: open source, right? Stop trying to solve the same problem over and over and over again at the IT level, right? Because for the vast majority of of organizations of customers, right, IT isn't your differentiator, right? It's Amen. The, it's the products that are built on top of that. So, you know help the community, let the community help you, and then let your business be the part that differentiate, that makes money, right? Not your IT guys solving the same problem that every other person already has solved for you. Yeah, and, and that was really why I think joining uh, DCOS was such an easy pitch for us. When we when we started the, the whole project and started reaching out to, uh, to partners, when as soon as we started telling that story, um, you know, hey, here's here's why open source can benefit you, uh, it became really clear and everybody jumped on board, not just in terms of, like I said, wanting to uh, be part of it or wanting to be on the train, but really wanting to contribute. You know, hey, we've got these ideas. We've got this code that's ready to go. We had people with code that they were ready to submit on day zero uh, to get into these repos. So that's the great news. Uh, we know that there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of interest in in seeing these uh, um, seeing these open source projects succeed. And now that we've opened it up to an even broader community, we can't wait to see all the different innovations that are going to come out of it. Yeah, I think it's also important to point out to, you know, a, a lot of people that it's not 
it's not going to eliminate your job, right? As you pointed out before, you know, with with Autodesk, they, sure they have one one engineer who is supporting that cluster, but all of those other people didn't just disappear. They got retasked onto things that are more beneficial, right? That are more critical to the business. Yeah, and and as I said, some some got sort of focused back onto helping instead of developing sort of proprietarily for Autodesk. Let's help them get invested and engaged in helping the community. So they're still innovating. They're just innovating within the open source as opposed to innovating within uh, Autodesk. And then the same thing, as you said, uh, let's get the rest of the folks um, really providing the highest value, get them doing the things that are differentiating. That's great. Uh, so I have a real quick question. So a lot of the audience is going to be at this point probably going, well, yeah, these are big companies that have a lot of money to invest in, in you know, dealing with the learning curve associated with new frameworks like this, and they've got, got interesting use cases that maybe I don't have. What do you do to kind of quell that and say, no, this is relevant to a lot of people, you know? And and and, yeah. and if you're thinking about this or that, you should really be thinking about DCOS right now. Yeah, when we say you know it's the easiest way to run containers in production, we're not kidding, and we're not we're not limiting that to it's the easiest way to run containers in production if you're gigantic. Uh, you know, I think it, this is really unqualified. Uh, we want anyone uh, that's trying to get containers up and running, trying to do it in a production cluster, to take a look at DCOS and see how easy it is. We've invested a lot of time and energy, um, and, and by we, I mean the entire ecosystem, in making sure that uh, the, the site that we have, the documentation that we have, the tutorials that we've created, uh, anyone can come in and get DCOS up and running in literally less than 10 minutes. Um, I'll point folks to dcos.io as the right landing place. Um, go check out the tutorials that we have. Check out the documentation that we've created. If there's anything missing, by the way, please come join uh, the GitHub repo. Help us make it even better. Uh, but I think what you'll find there are dozens of tutorials. Um, the other thing that was that was interesting when we started talking to partners is they all said, look, DCOS is awesome. But it's actually not my goal. Like, I, I don't want to just spin up a DCOS. Like, that doesn't actually help me. What I want to do is run Spark on Azure, or I want to run uh, my big data stack on uh, AWS, or I want to run it on-prem. Or And so it was really that kind of help me do X on Y uh, that ended up being the problem that we were helping them to solve. And so we really focused the, the, the resources and focused our time and energy on helping to make it clear how you solve those kinds of problems. So I really encourage folks to go take a look at dcos.io, click on getting started, pick the, the problem you're trying to solve, pick the place you're trying to solve it, and then just glance through, take a look at the tutorials that we've built and how easy it is uh, to get a cluster up and running that solves that exact problem. Uh, I'm gonna take this away in the other direction, and I'm gonna go, so you guys are with us, join, uh, members, uh, founding members of the uh, Cloud Native Computing Foundation. And uh, yep. the idea behind that is uh, that, you know, effectively containers are the future. Um, we want to be able to make it easy to manage those things and, um, you know, build a common reference implementation um, that everybody can use in order to, to, to kind of stitch the, these pieces together and have, you know, an infrastructure that you can run these things on reliably and manage. So. What do you guys look at from a, from a Mesosphere perspective? How do you guys look? How are you going to engage with the CNCF, and how, how do you imagine this uh, this platform that you're that you're putting into open source right now uh, helping to evolve the conversations that are happening there? 
Yeah, it's great. We, we love CNCF. So happy to be there, happy to be part of that broader conversation. I, I think you're right. You know, they're, they're trying to solve a problem or, and we're, we're helping to solve a problem in that forum um, that is, is slightly more focused, I think, in some ways, but maybe over time becomes, you know, even broader. So we're, we're excited to see where that goes. Uh, and I think, you know, it's even possible that someday um, DCOS ends up uh, having a more formal relationship with CNCF. Uh, I think with the roots that we have around uh, Apache, that's also uh, you know a possible <laughs> destination. I think if you think about uh, the long term of uh, of DCOS as a project, right now it's a it's a separate org inside GitHub. It's a separate uh, project in terms of how we're running it open source wise. Uh, but we're committed. Mesosphere is committed to having this live as part of a third party when the time is right and when we can figure out what the right home for it is. I think that's probably nine months away, maybe maybe longer, but we'll see. Um, the, the most important thing for us right now within DCOS is to ship code. We want people using the platform. We want them giving feedback, being able to provide contributions. So we're really focused on, on shipping code, shipping code often, um, getting people to uh, engage with us through the code itself. Uh, and then I think over time, we'll figure out how to answer some of those broader questions about how does this relate to those other organizations? How can we make sure that we're all headed in the same direction? I think the good news is yeah, it's all the same participants. We bump into the same people <laughs> running through those same groups. So it's not as though I think it's two separate groups of people trying to do two separate things. I think we're actually both headed in the same direction. Uh, the, the question will be sort of what's the right mechanism? What are we going to focus on between these two different uh, specific organizations? And, and that'll work itself out over time. I think um, right now I don't see any, uh, any conflict there, though. So that, that's really interesting, right? CNCF is something that excites me a lot. You know, I, I was at one of the meetings up in New York last year during Tectonic Summit. And the stuff that they're doing, I think, is, well, like I said, it's exciting, right? We're defining how next generation applications are going to be not not implemented but how they're going to be built right how they're going to be managed and you know looking forward to that um, you know this this we like to use the term or i use the term cloud native right but it's also cloud agnostic right you can deploy this on top of whatever platform makes the most sense for your your application your organization all right so uh kirsten or uh Aaron, are you guys going to be anywhere anytime soon to talk more about DCOS, any trade shows or events? Yes. In fact, we will be at the OpenStack Summit um, in Austin. Our CTO, Toby, will be speaking on a panel there. We'll also be, of course, at MesosCon Conference, June 1st, June 2nd in Denver, Colorado. And then uh, we'll be at DockerCon. We have a booth there and we'll be showing demos and um, having a few of our engineers and uh, team up there talking about what we're up to. For more information on our events, you can visit mesosphere.com. Well, I may have to pack my Nerf guns then if you're going to be at DockerCon so we can uh, lob some darts <laughs> from booth to booth. Or OpenStack Summit for that matter. <laughs> we're going to have rocket launchers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're up in the end. You're so losing that. <laughs> and, and we're not kidding. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Uh-oh, now I'm, now I'm a little scared. We do have solid fire socks. Yeah. So we could wear them before we go. That might be worse. <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> All right. So um, we also had a podcast last week on the OpenStack Summit uh, preview for solid fire and NetApp. So if you want to check that out, feel free on techontappodcast.com. 
Let's go around the room to everyone who joined us today and get uh, information about how you can reach them, starting with Garrett. Yeah, I am Garrett Mueller. Uh, I am on Twitter, sort of. Uh, my handle is energy, I-N-N-E-R-G-Y. He's never on there. I'm never on there. It's not even worth looking. Don't don't even bother. Um, don't put them in your mentions. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and, and you can reach me at uh, Mueller at NetUp.com, and uh, I look forward to hearing from you. He also doesn't answer email. Thanks. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big black box. All right, Brian Naylor. Yeah, I am uh, bnaylor at netapp.com, and I don't go anywhere near Twitter. Uh, it's a read-only format for me. Okay, okay. <laughs> Kirsten. Yeah, I'm at Kirsten at mesosphere.com, K-I-E-R-S-T-E-N. And I am on Twitter. Kirsten Gaffney is my handle. All right. Aaron Williams. Wow. Sorry, we have people. We have people <laughs> He's out. Shut the door. Or do you have like an office of like one room? It's terrible. Let's not talk about it. We're, we're just, uh, it's like I'm a shack. Right now, guys, I'm really sorry. Uh, okay, so yes, Aaron Williams. You can contact me um, on Twitter underscore arw underscore because there's nothing left with the word Aaron in it. Um, and uh, I'm also reachable by email, Aaron.Williams at mesosphere.com. All right, and Shannon, did you want to drop your information? Courtney, not Shannon. Oh, Shannon, I am so. Screwed. You just you just apologize to the to a person that doesn't exist. Uh, Shannon, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, see now 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 she just stormed out of the room. <laughs> I did it. Oh, she so did. she went outside. She did. She's gone, and uh, it's all because you called her Shannon. <laughs> That's okay. Oh. I think she'll get over it eventually. This Someday. partnership is starting great. Courtney, <laughs> are, is Courtney actually not in the room? Did she actually leave? She is actually out of the room. I'm okay, sorry. Okay, that's good. All right. Well, and, uh, Andrew, uh, Garrett, and Brian, and Aaron, and Kirsten, and Courtney, thank you all for joining us today. Um, if you would like to get in touch with the podcast, you can reach us at podcast.netapp.com. We, uh, we answer questions. We wash cars, um, sell candy bars, Hard up for money these days. I didn't know that we were Boy Scouts now. We are. We are. We're, popcorn? You want any popcorn? <laughs> I, got a, I got a dog that could be walked. We'll walk your dog. Anything. Come on, guys. All right. That music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netapp.com or send us a tweet at netapp. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes or SoundCloud or via techontappodcast.com. If you liked the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team and Mesosphere, thanks for listening. I can't believe you scared Courtney out of the room. You know, Courtney Courtney just can't handle the truth. That she's oh, actually oh, Shannon. Her name is Shannon? Okay. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. Courtney's been renamed. Uh, you guys are you guys are tough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I mean I just we just see somebody and I'm like, you know what? That's that's not a Courtney. That's a Shannon. Is it just me that's getting off on this? I could have oh, renamed yeah. you and you could have had an actual Twitter handle. Would so you please? <laughs> just don't make me Shannon. I'm, I'm not a Shannon. That's a guy's name. Know, Shirley. 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 Much, much better. All right. Shirley, you can't be serious.